Welcome to Your Neighborhood Death Doula. Today we return to grief, beginning an ongoing artistic study of our emotions. I've previously mentioned the Kubler-Ross model of grief that are widely popular, the five stages of grief of denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance, to which David Kessler added the sixth stage of meaning-making. These stages aren't linear. You can cycle through them. They kind of weave in and out of one another. And in your grief, there may be other emotions that you feel, and you may never feel some of these. But they do provide a framework common to many people. And these stages have biological and psychological purposes. We're exploring them throughout this series with art therapist Pearl Crownover. Apart from having the great honor of calling her my best friend, she's a brilliant, emotive mind and a beautifully expressive artist. She recently graduated with her master's degree in marriage and family therapy with a specialization in art therapy psychology. Currently working with youth at a crisis residential in the California Bay Area, she strives to use art as a means of empowerment, healing, and discovery. You can find her contemplations on the fascinating field of mental health explored through collage on her Instagram, Painted Seed. Hi, Pearl. Hey, Val. <laughs> I'm really happy to have you here today. What is art therapy? Why does it matter? <laughs> it matters so much. Um, so art therapy, you know, it's much more, it's not anything related to arts or crafts or anything simplistic in that way. Art therapists are trained clinicians, you know, who have the ability to discern and apply the use of art in ways of meeting their clients' needs that don't simply rely on verbal exchanges. So, so much of what we need to process and need our support in um, our memories and experiences that aren't stored in the same way um, as everyday occurrences. You know, when the extreme shifts happen, are especially trauma related, our memories are going to be stored in our affective states or our sensory motor, like somatic sensations. So we're going to have visual images, we're going to have reminders of sense or uh, feelings in our, our touch or our smell, that's kind of where some of these hard to access memories will actually be stored within our brain. So since they're non-verbally organized in our brain, it's important to then have alternative means of healing and, and meeting these, these feelings of pain and loss. And art therapy is an incredible way to do that. Art therapy can be used in any goals that someone would come to therapy with in kind of the traditional way of wanting to process hard feelings, you know, increase self-awareness, build up social skills, problem solving, reduce stress, all of these things that bring people to the therapy realm, art therapy can meet, but in a much more organic way. And through art, I think that there's something even more elevated that happens between therapist and client than traditional verbal dialogue. What do you mean by elevated? I, I love that idea. 
it kind of frees people from the confines of traditional talk therapy. Yeah. A lot of us aren't good with our words, period. And then we're feeling even more frustrated and at a loss and stuck to have words for these especially hard to kind of explain experiences or emotions. So sometimes someone can come to therapy really, really seeking some level of relief or support and be so disheartened by their inability to explain it verbally that they don't come back. When we focus so much on the person-to-person connection, we kind of lose sight of the fact that a lot of the wisdom and healing that's going to take place is within us. The therapist's job, especially primarily the art therapist's job, is how do I open a space? How do I provide materials? How do I give an invitation to exploring that feels safe and is connected to these much deeper systems within us of finding meaning and and resolve, hopefully. I love that. So it's like this idea of like elevation of the self. Yeah. Being able to bring to surface um, and to, yeah, awareness, like you said, the body's own ability to heal, the spirit's mm-hmm. own ability to heal itself. Yeah. With support. Absolutely. It's like one of those things that you know you know intuitively, but then to have the science behind it. Mm-hmm. I just, as I've shared on the show before, we kind of have gone over briefly the Kubler-Ross model of the five to six sort of stages of grief. And that's one of the most mainstream ways of contextualizing what happens in our bodies and in our minds as we move through grief. When we mentioned that too, that it's not like necessarily a, a linear experience, right? Like right. we move through them in, a, in cycles. And we're going to go through each of these in different episodes. And we're starting today with the quote unquote first stage of denial. Um, and so if you could talk to us a little bit about what is happening in the body during this phase, why it's normal and what we're most excited about is to uh, hear this art directive that you have for us to explore this stage. Yeah, absolutely. So the first stage of denial is the initial impact moment. Important to kind of remember that the human body's designed for survival and most acute trauma experiences or losses the body and the individual will be able to return to homeostasis pretty rapidly. However, when there's repeated exposure or unresolved emotions, or in our case, grief within a pandemic, that can kind of increase the suffering and cause it to prolong and be quite difficult to discern what exactly is happening, what the person's experience is with clarity, what are their needs to kind of develop appropriate strategies to heal and understand the symptoms of someone is pretty essential. So today I'm gonna talk a little bit about a really straightforward directive that can be implemented to help bring some more present awareness. But before I go into the therapy directive, I wanna talk a little bit about what happens in the brain when an acute traumatic episode occurs so that we have kind of a baseline understanding of why denial is so natural. What do you mean when you say acute traumatic experience? 
acute traumatic experience would be like a one-time event. Okay. Um, so something that has a beginning and an end. Okay, cool. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so at the onset of when something like an acute traumatic ex episode or an experience uh, occurs, there's a neurochemical dysregulating stress response. And this is going to shut down 80 to 90% of the brain's function. Dang. Yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> and this is a reflective kind of like activation of fear response. So some of this kind of verbiage will be somewhat familiar and I'm kind of, just, you know, going to keep it simple so we can all understand and connect to it. Within that reflexive activation, there's the two systems. So that is the parasympathetic nervous system and the sympathetic nervous system. Parasympathetic is our calming system. So it's, it's going to be attempting to kind of stimulate or inhibit and conserve our energies. Uh, we are having that system activated when we're resting or digesting. Um, they call it the feed and breed, right? The ability to kind of sustain. The sympathetic is on the other kind of side of the vortex, which is the, the arousal. So this is going to be kind of responsible for stimulating symptoms, which we've all heard of the fight or flight response. When fight or flight response occurs, the blood flows kind of diverted away from the prefrontal cortex. So there's less access actually in your brain for the ability to reason and have executive functioning skills. And so this is all happening like when you're experiencing this moment, a, a traumatic moment. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, when people do talk about finding out the news that they've lost one, there is often these statements of it felt like a dream or I felt like I left my body. You know, the brain systems are actually changing, right? They're in shift. So your ability to have attention or stay focused, uh, emotional control, ability to initiate or complete tasks, uh, your working memory is also going to be impacted to hold on to information or generate plans, uh, as well as your ability to kind of plan and organize. So we can really understand why someone might in the impact stage, the initial denial stage, feel pretty stagnant and stuck. Their brain's response, the chemicals that are being released and kind of reformulating in response to the loss. Mm, uh -huh, uh -huh. While denial and disbelief are completely natural and, and actually linked to like our internal systems, often people feel that their grief is misinterpreted or maybe they're even having their own response of self-judgment of bizarre disconnected feelings they're having to their grief and so one kind of incredible way of meeting these feelings and normalizing them is is through the art process so are you ready to just explore with people what today's um, art directive art invitation is yeah absolutely i think i would love to do that and I think that now that we've kind of gone over a little bit about how the brain works and, and why we're having these responses, it helps us kind of have maybe more compassion for denial, right? Denial, I think when we hear the word denial, it kind of brings up this like feeling of like a chosen ignorance or a numbness when in reality, denial is really your body's 
attempt of keeping you safe from a reality that it's not ready yet to absorb. Yeah, yeah and it sounds it sounds like it's it's keeping you fed and it's keeping you <laughs> out of harm, immediate harm's way, but it, without that ability to like think through more complex processes because that's not necessary in the moment yes. when you're immediately hit with something, especially. Yes, exactly. And so when someone's in this first stage, this impact stage of grief, the denial stage of grief, there's going to be, you know, their active daily living needs of showering, feeding themselves, right? Um, these these day-to-day tasks are going to appear suddenly quite trivial. And as we know, when, when our self-care and maintenance goes down, um, our, our mental health is obviously impacted. So this is kind of a gentle way of incorporating a check-in, a self-check-in with your body in a way that feels non-judgmental and hopefully can kind of lead to a place of nurture. Excellent. What is it? What is this? <laughs> um, so my one of my favorite ever art therapy directives is uh, called a body mapping technique. And body maps are a way of externalizing. So in this case, it'd be externalizing the grief through the art making process and allowing someone to kind of have the intersection of self and experience of loss examined simultaneously. So... Mm-hmm. A body map can can be used in an assortment of ways. Body maps have been used before as life size, like human body tracings um, that take on elements of mapping when additions are made to it. So visual representations of a person's life experiences, maybe actual symptoms of their body, ways in which the world is impacting them. They've been used therapeutically, politically. They've been used as a research tool to explore kind of like social and embodied factors of health. They're really diverse. And I think that there's something just really intuitive and simple about it. So I think it's going to be a powerful way for people to, to access, you know, hard to describe emotions and, and kind of make them visible to themselves. You mentioned that this could be something that you do sort of once, but it could also be, something that you do every morning as like a check-in as part of your daily routine. I think that's a a really fascinating idea. Yeah. I think that, you know, there's no, there's no real end to this invitation. It's essentially a daily or present moment testimony to where you are Mm -hmm. standing and an ability to check in and integrate your emotions to your physical state, which we all know is extremely essential when we want to move forward in our healing and find kind of a symbiosis between the two. Your Neighborhood Death Doula continues with this exploration of denial through art with art therapist Pearl Crownover in our next episode. There, she will guide us into a body mapping exercise. And remember, this is one you can do every day or once in a while as you need. We look forward to seeing you and continuing this conversation with her over there.